Well, again, good afternoon. So today, uh, as we listen to these scripture readings today, in the first readings, the, the book of Sirach, and he's praising the law, and it's not something we might be used to in the sense that, you know, when we think of law in a Western world, or when we think of law in general, we, we can, sometimes can have this negative sense of, you know, like, clean your room or else kind of an attitude, right? You can have this idea of, you know, you go through the red light, you get a ticket. You know, there's, what, there's truth to those things, but we can have this negative uh, connotation or kind of a negative uh, taste in our mouth or bad taste when we hear the word law. When we hear the word law, you know, we think of getting in trouble, right? But I'd like you to maybe open your mind and hearts to how the, the Israelites or the Hebrew mind, or as Christians, we should see the law not so much as a, a, a wall of, of consequences or to see it so much as God imposing on us something. We should actually see the law as Christians as an invitation to reach our full potential. We should see the law as God's way of seeing something we always don't see. Like when a parent makes a rule or a law in their home, it's because probably the mom and dad have maybe a better idea than little Johnny or Susie about what's right or wrong or what's going to be best for their kids, right? So God is a father, and as our father, he looks upon us with a tenderness, a compassion, and a gentleness, and he wants to go out of his way to help us attain our full potential. You know, name, name a parent that's not excited to help their kid reach their full potential. I always say, just go to a, a, a t-ball game, and you'll see real quick how passionate parents can be. Mom and dad want the best for their kids. God, our Father, wants the best for us. So when you think of the law that God gives, there's, there's the divine revealed law. There's God's natural moral law. We think of the Ten Commandments. Again, the first three, what? Loving God. The, the next seven. So there's ten, right? So the first three are about God. The, the last seven are about neighbor. So you got the first three is the vertical, our faith life. The, the, the seven are about our horizontal life, our neighbors, how we love our neighbor. So how we love God and how we love neighbor. And so God wants us to, again, reach our full potential. So he gives us a law not to impose upon us some cruel, coercive way of um, impinging upon or limiting our freedom. And I think if we're honest, right, this is why we often see the law as negative is because we think the law actually restrains our freedom. We think the law keeps us from being free. But actually, God's law, the, the, the moral law, is given to us to, again, not constrain our freedom, but to help us to fully exercise our freedom, to bring us to the full reality of what it means to be a man, a woman, a human being, that we can live and move or have our being in Christ that we can live to the full, to not live half throttle, to not live 
40, 50, 70% of our life, but to live 100%, to live full throttle, to live our lives to the full. That's what Jesus said. I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, right? So he wants to give us fullness of life. So his law, he gives us to help us to enter into the choices we make each day. Are these choices going to bring us into our full potential, or are they going to actually keep us from reaching our full potential, right? And so I'd like you to think about the law. Maybe open your minds to God's giving the law as a blessing, not a curse. When the Hebrews and Israelites received the law, there was no other nation. If you read the scriptures, it says, there's no God like our God. And all of the pagan cultures around Israel would be like, wow, their God gives them rules. He must really care about them. He gives them laws. He must really be a God that's personal, a God that looks at the details of his kid's life and really wants to help them. So I want you to see God's law not so much as being imposed, but as an invitation to greatness, okay? And so as we look at this in light of our eternal destiny, I think we have a very often shallow understanding of what heaven is and how we enter into the glory of heaven. So I want you to think about this. John Paul II, he wrote this amazing um, philosophical work called The Acting Person. We all choose every day many things, right? So a free action, meaning an action that's not coerced, when I can freely choose to make an act on my own, two things happen. One is I'm choosing something based on circumstances or situations to do something. I'm choosing to do something. You know, I could have stayed home and uh, stayed late for lunch and took a nap and you guys would have just been waiting here and no one would have showed up for mass. <laughs> and then I'd probably get a phone call, right? But you get the point is I could choose that you know, I can choose how I'm going to drive. If I'm going to go left, I'm going to go right. If I'm going to slow down, if I'm going to speed up, it's a free choice. You know, I could choose um, to take care of myself physically through some exercise. I could choose to go to the dentist. Uh, choose to kind of keep, you know, whether I'm going to eat a whole bag of potato chips or maybe five potato chips. So I make choices just like you. We make tons of choices every day. Okay, so as acting persons, we have this amazing potential and ability to make a free choice to decide what we're going to do. And often the circumstances and situations around us can influence that, but we have to be able to see like, okay, what is God inviting me to choose right now, okay? So you're all free to choose to listen or not. Second point is when you make a choice, when you're making a free choice in action, that is contributing to your formation, your character. Every choice we make decides basically who we're becoming. Every choice we make is deciding who we're becoming. The word character in Greek, character, the word character in Greek means what? It means brand, a brand. When you see a Ford logo, you know that that truck belongs to that family of vehicles, Ford. When you see, I don't know, Oscar Mayer. When you see the logo for Oscar Mayer, you know, like, okay, those belong to Oscar Mayer. When you see uh, uh, 
um, Chevy or you, you see Apple, you, you know a logo defines the brand, okay? So as we make choices, we're branding ourselves. We're forming our character. And what does a brand depict? What something belongs to. So when I'm making choices, when I'm making choices that are of God, I'm allowing God to brand me. I'm allowing God to put his image in me, to form me, to transform me, to make me into another Christ. I'm becoming another Christ by my choices, okay? So I'm embracing my brand. I'm embracing the brand that I want to display to the world. So what is your brand of life? You know, do you want to live the brand of Christ? Meaning, do you want Christ to place his image in you and to basically enflesh that image? Or do we want to be branded by the Antichrist, by the one who is a rebel, the lawless one? That's what the Antichrist is, the lawless one. He does what he wants. The enemy does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. He, he doesn't follow God. He's, I'm going to do what I want. It's rebellion, right? So we all struggle here to make choices to form our character. So what are you becoming? Think about when you speak. Every word we speak, we're making choices. Is the words I'm speaking branding me with Christ or not? So what am I choosing to brand myself? Who am I choosing to become? Okay? Then I'd like you to think of this in light now, the law, the law not as being imposed, but as an invitation to your full potential of your nature. Now, granted, the moral law, as God gives us his law, it's, it's like an instruction manual, the, the law of God, the scriptures, the word. It's, it's like an instruction manual. When you follow the instruction manual that God has designed you according to, you reach your potential. Like, like I've used before, like a phone can't be a paint scraper. If you use it as a paint scraper, it'll fall apart. So God's law is given to us to illuminate our conscience, our minds, to teach us what it means to be human, what it means to be fully alive. And now with that in mind, again, you have this idea, right, of when you do make choices according to his law, you're being branded by Christ. You're, you're deciding who you're going to become, who you're going to be, okay? And then third part of this all is our eternal destiny, I think we have this idea of heaven as uh, an amusement park or sometimes Candyland. And we have this idea sometimes, I think, as Christians, and we forget that our time on earth is meant to be what? Character formation. So that when I die, I fit and am formed for heaven. It's not like God says, oh, when you die, regardless of how your character was, no big deal, it don't matter, I'm just going to throw you into heaven because you were a good person. See, there's a lot of injustice done when we think like that. And when we think like that, we think our choices don't matter. But we need to be open-minded, aware, sober, and alert that our choices, the way we think, the way we speak, the way we act, are forming who we are, forming our very identity, our character, it's branding us. And so if I lived a life that's very anti-Christ-like, when I die, I wouldn't fit into heaven. God will say, and, and I would even agree with God, I don't belong here. I don't fit here because I lived a life of me, myself, and I. 
I'm branded myself with the world, the flesh, and the devil, which is never saying no to the flesh. I always indulge, like a hedonistic lifestyle. I'm always doing what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. I never reference my life in the light of Christ. I just kind of, maybe you could even do this, right? We show up at church, but we never really engage the personal relationship. We never really step into that wrestling match with the Lord. And so we just kind of go through the motions. And God's saying, please stop doing that. I've given you my law to give you some light and understanding to recognize how you're forming your character so that when you die, it's not just a candy land or some amusement park. When you die, you realize like, wow, I was basically preparing for heaven my whole life. And now I'm at a point where I'm ready to go. I'm ready, Lord. Take me as I am. And I enter into the full glory of heaven. Now, most people don't die with a perfectly pristine brand of Jesus Christ on their soul. They die perhaps not choosing antichrist or death or Satan, but they haven't yet fully given themselves to the brand of Jesus Christ because it is not easy being a Christian. It's not easy to follow Jesus. It's challenging. And so God gives us this grace to realize, okay, I'm going to finish up what you didn't do on earth in purgatory so that you can enter into the full glory of heaven. So I want you guys to think about this. The way you speak, the way you think, the way you act, it matters. It matters. So what is our time on earth all about? It's about letting grace influence us, enter into us. And letting God's law be our guide rails. Letting God's law lead us and guide us along the path. So, you know, you hit over here, you, you, you know, if you're, it's like driving your car. If you hit the guardrail, the guardrail's there to protect you from going farther off the cliff. So at least there's these bumpers we call God's law that, you know, we might bang around a bit. But at least we make it to our destination. But God's grace says I don't want you just hitting the guardrail. I want you to just stay on the road and enjoy the ride. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the New Testament is all about not just the law, but it's about desiring the fullness of life. It's about living life to the full. It's about enjoying my character formation, my spiritual workouts, when I bite my tongue and keep my mouth shut, or when I speak up for someone that's not being treated well, or for the unborn or the elderly, whatever it be. We speak up or we keep our mouth shut. It just depends. What is Jesus asking me to do? So I see life and I get up in the morning as an exciting journey, spiritual formation, Holy Spirit training. And then I begin to live the Mass. My heart is an altar where I lay down words I want to say, but I don't say because I love Jesus more than the words I want to say. When I want to curse, I don't curse, and I sacrifice that cursing because I love Jesus more than the curse words I might want to say. Or, you know, um, being patient with someone that's really trying your patience. I love Jesus more than being impatient. I love Jesus more than my potato chips, my football game, or my uh, uh, toy that I want to buy, or whatever it be. I love Jesus more. 
And it's going to stretch you. You're going to feel the crucifixion. You're going to be like, ah, this is hard. It's like being at the gym and your trainer's like, you can do three more. I'm like, no, I can't. Yes, you can. And your trainer pushes you a little to press out three more reps. Christ wants to make us not just banging off guardrails. He wants to make you and I saints. And so I just want to encourage you as we continue the Mass to know that your life on earth matters. Every choice we make matters. It's forming our character, meaning it's branding us with where we're going to belong for eternity. And now Jesus in the gospel says, if your arm causes you sin, cut it off, throw it away. If your eye causes you sin, pluck it out, throw it. I always said, if I had a bucket up here, we'd have a bunch of hands and eyeballs, wouldn't we? We'd all be in major trouble, I would think. But what he's trying to say is, Sin is not something to take lightly. He's like, don't just coast through life banging off the guardrails, not caring what you think, say, or do. It matters. And what a tragedy it would be to end your life realizing you missed the whole point of life. And so God's saying to us all, wake up. My law is a gift, a blessing. Allow it to confront you and examine you. And then come to me in the sacrament of confession. Come to me. Repent of your sins. Do not be afraid. I am with you always. I want to make you into the full man of God or woman of God you're created to be. And then you'll have happiness to the full. And it's not an earthly happiness. It's much deeper than superficial. Well, that was a great piece of chocolate or a great steak. It's way better than that. And so please, as we enter into this Mass, let the Lord form your character this week by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit put the thoughts in your mind He wants to speak through you, the actions He wants you to choose. Be open to the inspirations of God this week as you live your lives, as we live our lives. Don't just kind of sit back and coast. That's not going to get us anywhere. Coasting don't work in the spiritual life. If you're coasting, you're going backwards. You got to engage. It's a spiritual war we're in. So let's pray for each other this week that we will let God form our character to become uh, the brand of Christ that will live Christ crucified in his love. And people will look at you and be like, I want that brand. Where'd you get it? St. Gerald's, come on down.